Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Lori, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Coach Matt. Coach Mac is the founding health coach of Running With Bacon. Yes, that's actually the name of her company. And she's obsessed with healthy habits. She helps busy, no, exhausted women transform into the fittest and strongest mamas that they can be, one small step at a time. Think of her like your very own fitness mum, helping you get and stay healthy, but still owning the love of Reese's Pieces Buttercups. If you don't catch her in the garden, odds are she's catching up on the latest Real Housewives episode, but today we'll stick to the podcast episode and we speak about building healthy habits that stick, how fitness can be a gateway to health, how to lose weight the fun way, and how to live more healthy to live more fully. I'm really excited to share this one with you all. How are you going today, Coach Mac? Doing well. Thank you. Really excited for this conversation. I think it's going to be a fun one. Me too. Just looking at your topics and looking at your YouTube, how you've lost a whopping 25 pounds in the last eight years and talking about sustainable habits and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my goodness, we're going to get along like a house on fire. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I am, as I mentioned, super excited to chat to you, but I'm really curious. You know, I feel like whenever anyone becomes a fitness trainer, nutritionist, like therapist, therapy kind of person or whatever it is in a way that they're serving people there's generally a backstory and there's generally a backstory like you you very much embody holistic fitness you know that's what the holistic fitness podcast is all about there's generally a backstory when you get down this path so can you give me the context that I would need to know to know why you help people in the way you do today Yeah, it started out. So growing up, my most of my family loved sports and loved food. And they go hand in hand. Yes, (laughs) yes. And we very much partook in both. There was never a family gathering without either. And when I say food, I don't mean, you know, like, oh, there's some food. I mean, there's enough food to feed an army at every single gathering. Doesn't matter how many people are coming. But so I knew going into college, I knew I wanted to to do something in the athletic space. I just wasn't sure what. And it just so happened that kind of as I was growing, getting older and, you know, going through puberty as a woman, uh, shapes change, all that stuff. And I have a family history of obesity of a lot of relatives, you know, diabetes, massively overweight, heart attacks, all, you know, the whole nine yards, kind of the typical American family now. And so I knew that I wanted to do more on the active side of things as much as I loved food. And that was a huge part of my life and my family. I wanted to stay on the active side of things. And I actually tore my ACL my senior year of high school. Oh, no. Yeah. And it was, oh my gosh, it sucked so bad. And after that experience, I had great, you know, physical therapists, my rehab process, everything was awesome. But I knew after that experience, I didn't want to do the rehab side of it. I didn't want to be on the the treatment side of it, I wanted to be on the preventative. And so I started down the path of strength and conditioning. So it feels like a lifetime ago now, but I did that. I was a strength and conditioning coach for five years. And I kind of, I coached mostly female, female athletes. And it wasn't so much the, you know, getting their vertical inch a half inch higher or, you know, making their sprint time a fraction of a second faster. It was really watching them 
celebrate what their bodies could do and how having such a strong and powerful body really allowed them to do the things in life that they wanted. And I was like, wait, this isn't, this doesn't have to just be for athletes. This can be for everyone. And kind of, you know, I've kind of got the ball rolling of like, maybe I could coach other just like regular women to do the same thing Mm. via fitness. And so it kind of led me down that path and, and through developing my business and figuring it all out, I was like, man, I wish my mom would have had someone like me, you know, because a youngest of four, I watched my mom take care of everyone except for herself. And I'm sitting there like, man, there has to be a different way. And and so through my coaching and, you know, helping women see that if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That is a real thing that you can be your best, whether it's a mom or an entrepreneur or a friend or a wife or whatever, you know, insert title you can be the best that when you are feeling your best, when you're your healthiest, when you show up the best. And so that's kind of the, you know, from high school to where I am now and everything in between, it all led to this place where I'm helping women just show up the fullest and healthiest that they can to life. Oh my goodness. I love your story. And I love how you've had such a a breadth of experience as well, coaching athletes, people who are very much motivated to get a specific kind of goal to the general population who, you know, fitness may not be the forefront of their life, but they know that they need to engage in it in some sort of way. I am quite curious, what was the difference in mindset coaching athletes compared to the general population? I think the number one thing, because as women, as females, we all want to like people, please, we kind of have, it's just this innate thing. And so as athletes, you want to people, please, in terms of your coaches, you want to perform your best. You want to deliver your best and be a good teammate and that kind of thing. And obviously there's the self, you know, like you want to perform good for yourself as well. But then for the general population, it's being the best mom or the best wife or the best friend, the best employee and things like that. There's Mm. still the people pleasing component But I think the way that it shows up is that the athletes have a deeper knowing that when I train the best, when I eat the best, when I hydrate the best, when I do an extra set at practice, you know, stuff like that. When I do that, even though it's taking up like more of my time, it kind of almost feels selfish to do. It's for the benefit of the team. It's for the benefit of everyone else. Mm -hmm. But in general population, when moms are like, there's no way I can take 30 minutes out of my day. That seems so selfish. I can't do that. And I wish that they had that same mentality of like, no, it's for the betterment of your family. If you take care of yourself, if your kids see you being active, that is for the betterment of your family. But for some reason, the disconnect is there of like, no, no, that's too selfish. I can't possibly take 30 minutes for myself. So it's, I, I wish that there was more of that. For sure. Do you have any, and I see that as well. And you're so right. When you feel yourself correctly, when you move often, when you hydrate yourself correctly, even when you get enough sleep, like all of these things help increase your energy. So you can be a better mom, you can be a better worker, whatever it is that you're wanting to do. You can be a better business owner. How do you help people switch that mindset? I'm, I'm, you know, ultimately that's something that has to come within a person, but as a coach, like and somebody listening, how would you help someone get out of that cycle of feeling selfish? They have to experience it firsthand. And, and what it really comes down to on my part is pointing out the examples when they do it, because oftentimes, Mm. 
I can spout all the research, all the statistics, all the stuff. And sure, okay, that's all great. Good to know. But I have my real life to live. So <laughs> once I can get them to experience it, and then I point that out of like, hey, remember when you told me that you didn't snap at your kids, you know, when you like lost your patience or whatever, and instead you took a deep breath? It's like, do you think that might have something to do with the fact that you worked out that you that was a stress reliever, like you weren't as mm. anxious and amped up. And so you didn't snap. Instead, you took a deep breath, handled the situation, all was good, you know, that type of stuff. And it's, it, I think having an external perspective to make those connections, like it's the same as when somebody else tells you that you did a really good job on something like, no, we don't get told that enough, especially, you know, as women taking care of everyone, doing all the things, even at work, it's really easy to just say, yeah, you did your job, keep going. Like that's your job. But mm. it's nice to hear, hey, you did a really good job on this. You did good work here, et cetera, et cetera. It, that acknowledgement, because we don't do it for ourselves. And so yes. when it comes to taking care of ourselves, nobody's there to say like, good job, you ate the broccoli, you know, <laughs> nobody does that. And I help do that, not specifically eating broccoli, but I help do that for my clients so that they can make the connection between their healthy behaviors and how that impacts their every day. So whether, yeah, mm. it's getting more sleep. So you do have a little more patience or hydrating. So your skin, you know, feels great and you're not like miserable all day, you know, stuff like that is just making that connection between what you do to take care of yourself and how it actually shows up in everyday life. Because it's otherwise it's hard. You know, we don't mm. eat a salad and see our waistline shrink three inches. It's not that automatic feedback. So it helps to have someone point that out and help you make the connection. Yeah, no, that makes total sense because ultimately it's hard to change things without that self-awareness, you know, and some people gain that self-awareness through others. Some people do it through meditation, but a lot of people gain self-awareness through like a catastrophic event, you know, mm -hmm. when they realize that they have to change in some sort of way. So it's really cool that you're able to help build those connections for people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it takes a lot of trust. Like it's, it usually doesn't happen right away. Like, you yeah. know, clients aren't, they don't necessarily start off the conversation with like, yeah, I chewed out my kid today because I didn't get enough sleep last night. You know, it, it takes a little while to, to figure those things out and build that relationship. But yes. once you really get into it, everything that we do to take care of ourselves or to not take care of ourselves, quite frankly, it adds up and it shows in other places throughout our lives. It's just like you said, having the awareness, the self-awareness to see like, oh, maybe that is why I freaked out today. Or maybe that is why I feel like I don't want to do anything today. So just mm. it matters more than we think it does. For sure. Yeah. I I actually really like my whoop for that. I have like one of those um whoops, like those mm -hmm. armbands. Have you heard of those before? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I've started like tracking different things like when I take magnesium, when I use a weighted bl blanket and stuff like that. Personally, like I I know that's kind of unrelated to this conversation, but I find that a really good good self-awareness tool as well. Yeah. There are I mean, the whoop straps, HRV, like different, even if you just have like I wear a Fitbit and it, you know, heart rate stuff like that, you can just tell when it when you're in tune, you can just mm. tell like, oh, I, I think this is going to affect my body in this way. And then you can either when it's easy to confirm or deny it, then you can start sensing patterns over time mm. and be like, oh, like maybe the days after I drink alcohol, I my temper is only this long, whereas yes. other days it's this long or, you know, days after I have a crazy carb heavy dinner, 
my attention span is five minutes. And on other days I can go for hours. You know, it it's, it just depends on what it is that you're watching out for, but then you get a sense for how specific foods or drinks or movement or sleep patterns, how that's going to have you feeling the next days or in the days to come. And that's just yourself, let alone your relationships with those around you. So it is, it's, it's really cool once you start looking at it, but it, it opens up a really big can of worms when you start getting into the weeds of it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. That's why it's good to focus on one thing at a time. It's like, right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Especially if you start choosing to eliminate things. I'm really curious, like you mentioned that you you watch your mom take care of everyone except for herself and you help people that are entrepreneurs. You also help mothers. And I know you also work with people on building healthy habits. So how do you help somebody build healthy habits when they have limited time to invest in themselves? Yeah, I think that is the specific reason to focus on building healthy habits is if you are really strapped for time, because when you are able to leverage habits, it actually saves you time. So if you think about every time you go get in your car to drive somewhere, we don't actually have to think through the step-by-step process of opening the door, picking our foot up to put it in, you know, put the Mm. other foot in and then put our seatbelt on, put the purse on the passenger seat, start the car. Like we don't have to go through that. And it saves us so much brain power and so much mental energy, not having to think all that through. And so if we can, we can leverage the way that our brain naturally works with habits and get it to work for us, like in our favor and have us doing healthy things automatically. So maybe while your coffee's brewing, instead of mindlessly scrolling Instagram, you just pace around your house, you know, walk, get in some steps while your coffee's brewing. And even just simple things like that, if you add up enough of them throughout your days, you will start noticing these huge differences that you're like, well, that didn't actually add or remove any time. Like it didn't require any additional effort. I just had to think about it consciously, you know, to get the habit set up. And Mm. so if, yeah, if you're strapped for time, I think habits are the easiest way to go about getting healthy because you don't have to think about it. You don't have to time block an hour out of your day to go to the gym. You just mm. you do it little by little and it adds up. That makes total sense. So when you say like you're taking advantage of the way our brain naturally works, is that what you mean by choosing a habit like the coffee brewing and then choosing to do like squats while they're brewing or walking around your house? Is that what you would say you're leveraging there? Yeah, for sure. I think habit stacks. And I wish I came up with that awesome idea. I didn't, but um, you can do habit stacks. So yeah, so like things that you already do throughout your day. So coffee is a great one that maybe you do it one time a day. And so maybe that's when you take your vitamins or you do some squats or what have you. Maybe while you're brushing your teeth, you do some lunges. I actually had one client, she was flexing while she was brushing her teeth because she was like, look at my arms. She had been doing a push-up habit stack. She was like brushing her teeth and I got a picture of her in the mirror with her teath brush and she's flexing. And I just, <laughs> so it's just little stuff like that though, that throughout your day. I love that. But yeah, if you think about like most of your day is probably routine. Like whether you have kids or not, your morning probably looks similar on most days. You know, you probably mm-hmm. get up, shower, get dressed, brush your teeth, do your hair, makeup, whatever. Like in pretty much the same order on most days. And so we're, we're wired to do that. So if we can just take that same wiring, but apply it to getting healthy, it makes it so much easier and less stressful. And like I said, you don't have to devote all this brain power to like convince yourself to work out every day because you've already got your 10,000 steps in without thinking about it, you know, stuff like Mm. that. And it just, it adds up huge over time. 
Yes. I love that. I love that you're, you know, utilizing already strongly formed genealogical pathways to add something else in you. Are there any other ways that you may help clients to build healthy habits? I think to start smaller than you think. And this is James Clear has this mantra. It's like a two minute rule is what he calls it. Um, Other people that I follow that talk habits all the time, make things smaller than you think, because yeah, it's true. Walking five minutes isn't going to get you in shape and have you beach ready, you know, by next week. It's just not. But Mm. if you do that five minutes consistently for long enough, then that five minutes will eventually turn into six, which will turn into seven, eight, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it doesn't seem like such a big ask. And I think actually this might be another James Clear thing where he says, you have to first establish a habit and then you can build on it or then you can improve it. And mm. it's it's exactly true. If there's no habit to build on or to improve, it's harder to start the first habit than it is to like add on to habit stacks. So if you just are starting with a blank slate versus again, that's why I love habit stacking because you're taking stuff that you already do and building on top of it, which is again, how our brains already naturally work. Yeah, for sure. No, I love that. And for people who haven't read the book, James Clear is the author of Atomic Habits and he leverages a lot of like evidence-based research, a lot that I use in my goal-getting journal as well to, um, talk about things like habit stacking and our award centers and and taking advantage of these, these pathways that are already fully formed. I'm really curious, like with, um, with habit stacking and with all of these kind of hacks, do you do anything with clients that activate their reward centers or their, their dopamine? Um, because that's always an interesting thing. It's like, Hey, you get a pizza if you do all your workouts, but that can kind of be <laughs> counterintuitive as well. So I'm just like curious about your take on reward and pleasure. Yeah. So I have had several conversations about having whatever your reward method is match the goal that you are setting. Yes. So yeah, if, you know, eating salads every week or every day for a full week gets you some type of reward at the end, the reward probably shouldn't be a pizza or a cheesecake. You know, it maybe it's a massage or you have your partner watch the kids for an hour while you just take a bath and read a book or whatever, you know, Mm. something like that, that reinforces the fact that you are taking really good care of yourself. So you don't want to then have your reward be something that's the antithesis of that. You want it to work in conjunction with your goal. Um, It's not to say you can never eat pizza or cheesecake. I do, but just not as the reward for doing certain behaviors. Yeah. I also think that kind of sets you up it to have an unhealthier relationship with food as well. Like I'm really big on 80, 20, um, 80% of the time be as healthy as you can and 20% of your t- time enjoy it. But it's probably not even time for me. I break it down in calories. So like, let's just say 1600 calories is the amount of calories that you have per day. Um, you know, I think trying to do the math, but 20% would be like between 2000 and 3000 calories, you Mm -hmm. know, rather than, because I think also when you say, I'm going to get a reward, you might just go crazy and because of all that restriction during the week. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I think that just, I'm in total agreement by the way, with your 80, 20. So I actually do every week I make a Sunday dinner and that's one where 
I don't, I, because I love cooking, I love baking all mm. that. So I also am very much aware of that. I still want that good, delicious, yummy food to be a part of my life as well. So I make Sunday dinners and I don't count calories. I don't care how many carbs I don't, you know, like it yeah. doesn't matter. And I just Sunday night, I will eat whatever. And there's always dessert. So I, you know, but it's one night and it's built into my plan. And again, it's not something like I don't stress about it. I don't go overboard because I know I, this happens every week. I don't have to hold out, you know, for a certain day to come or anything like that. So, yeah, it's just finding ways to, in my opinion, when you have a plan, you can fit like when the plan involves fitting the things that you want, like planned indulgences, they mm. don't, it doesn't feel like as naughty anymore. So you don't need to sneak stuff. You don't need to eat the whole cheesecake because you're like, well, I ate one piece, may as well just eat the whole thing. Like you don't have to go there mentally because you're like, yeah, this is all part, just part of my plan. And my plan involves pizza and cheesecake. Cool. So yeah, it's yeah. Just changing how we think about that. I, that's yeah. I'm not a fan of like cheat meals or cheat days. So I'm like, you're not cheating if it's what you've already decided you were going to do. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think like, if we even think about like two generations before us, maybe our grandparents, they they baked cakes at home. I guess like the difference was that things weren't as processed and we didn't overindulge, but we very much have this all or nothing mentality where it's like, oh, well, I've had one line of chocolate, may as well eat the whole bar. And it's yes. like, no, just enjoy the line of chocolate that you had. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite. I don't know if you've ever heard of Michael Pollan, but he has kind of his philosophy around it is that's fine. Eat whatever you want, but make it. If you're going to eat it, make it. And he's like, have you ever made French fries? He's like, first of all, yes. they're delicious when they're homemade, but there's so much effort because I mean, it's freaking, you have to like the cut the potatoes, rinse it, like do all the stuff. And it's, yeah. If, if you can just go through the drive-thru and get some for like a dollar. Yeah. But it's, if you really want to eat it, make it. And then you can mm. eat whatever you want because it's so much effort to really make a lot of this food that we tend to overindulge in. That you're like, if I really want some cookies, but I have to make them, you think twice and maybe even three times of like, do I really want to go through all that just for a cookie? Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated, and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HFPODCAST. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HF podcast at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. Yes, for sure. And also, you know exactly what goes into it and you can choose to optimize what goes into it. Like I baked chocolate cake with my boyfriend the other day and 
Um, the icing for one does taste different in the US compared to Australia. The US does pump a fair amount more sugar into things. I will let you know um, for anyone listening that's American. And (laughs) I was like, when I was eating the icing that I'd made from a recipe, I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. So now I know next time I bake that cake to put like a quarter of the sugar in or yep. replace with maple or something like that. But even my grandma, yeah. she makes her own bread. I love bread, by the way, carbs, like I metabolize carbs pretty well. So go me. I know that's not the case for everyone, <laughs> but carbs work well with my body, which is fabulous. But um, even like eating my Mimi's bread, like she puts more honey rather than sugar in it. Um, my mm-hmm. Mimi's my grandma, by the way. Um, it, it's just really cool to see things homemade or, or make them yourself because you know exactly what's going into it and you can replace things if you choose to. Yeah. Yeah. It's unreal when you think of how, it, like, just like you said, a couple generations ago, how much stuff they just knew how to make like off the top of their head. I have to, I'm like, I have to look at recipes where I'm just like, I can't eyeball stuff. They're like, Oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm like, how much is a little, what do you do? How do you do this? Yeah. And it was just like this skill that they had developed over years and years and years. And luck. I mean, I hope I get to be there one day where I can just be like, Oh, a dash of this and a sprinkle of that. But it's, it's just, it's kind of unreal how we've lost that basic skill of nourishing yes. ourselves. And it's, it's just, I, yeah, as a cultural thing of how we got so out of touch with our food, but you can make the choice to bring it back in. And it doesn't mean you have to all at once. You have to just mm-hmm. go like, Oh, throw everything out go to the grocery store. And now we're making everything from scratch. It's like, just start with one thing, you know, instead of buying a store-bought cake for a party, make one, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be, as monumental of a challenge as we make it out to be in our heads. But over time, you actually find out that homemade stuff tastes way better than store-bought stuff. So it's almost incentive by itself to make it at home. Totally. And you even go to a restaurant and I did this the other day. I tried this whipped ricotta. I'm like, oh, this is delicious, but I'm going to try and make it at home and like add a few extra things and then <laughs> you make it better at home and then you save money. I'm yeah. I'm pretty interested though, especially like going back to your comment about like watching your mom take care of everyone except for that herself. Like, I think that the reason we've lost touch with a lot of things, and this is a very contentious topic, but we've generally got two people in the home working. Mm-hmm. And that changes the amount of available time you have. Like, I agree with you. I think that if you don't know how to cook, just try to cook a new recipe once per week on a Sunday. Some will be really shit and turn out <laughs> terrible and some will be great. And you'll be like, I'm going to add that to my recipe thing. But it's like, if you're eating takeaway seven days a week, a week, like just choose one that you don't use takeaway for. So you know what's going in. But I really do think that, um, I mean, and gender stereotypes as well like women not being in the home as much like as they were two two generations ago I don't want to be in the home cooking all the time so I'm okay with that but it, it does add a different dynamic and and I do think like our food's a lot more processed and convenient because of that yeah I 100% agree and I think too somehow it cooking for ourselves and and again nourishing ourselves it became a chore and I understand yes. <laughs> I understand why like I mean I get it there's I mean, once you become an adult, there is never not dishes to do. I don't know how it happens. I don't even have kids and there's always dishes to do. (laughs) I don't understand it. But it's like when you're a kid, there's no dishes. You don't think about doing it. Like, it's just, it's weird. But so yeah, cooking became a chore rather than 
an experience rather than something that you can do together with your partner, with your family and make it be something that you guys, you know, like an activity that you get to do mm -hmm. together. Instead, activities became these paid things that you do outside of the house, like you pay to be entertained, basically. Whereas if you think of cooking as let's try something new, let's bake something, you know, like it, it and for me, I grab a glass of wine or a cocktail and put some music on like it is something I really genuinely enjoy doing. And whether it's yes. by myself or with my boyfriend, but it is, I really like it. So at the end of the day, it's not like, oh, I have to cook something like I, this just, it feels so just gross to have to do that. Like chore yeah. for me, it's like, yeah, I'm done working. Let me grab a drink. Let me get in the kitchen, you know? And it just, for me is like a, an activity that I like to do. And I think part of it comes down to the way that we think about it where mm -hmm. yeah it does I get how if you hate it it can be a chore I get that but how can you reframe it so that it does become an activity again something that you do want to do something you know you can use to teach your kids or to ask about their days or you know things like that but to me it's like heck yeah done working let's go cook let's bake let's do you know and I think for a lot of people that's a really foreign concept yeah for sure I have a theory on this. It's not the cooking, it's the cleaning. <laughs> Very true. But I have heard, so I've actually had a couple yeah. of my clients, they've overcome this because they make a deal with whether, you know, if they have like grown up kids or with their husbands, they're like, okay, I'll cook this. And, you know, like whoever cooks doesn't have to clean or vice versa. Yeah. Or if one of them really enjoys cooking, then, you know, they're like, can you do the cleaning or, you know, even the kids is like, they rotate days if they're kids, you know, like if they're more grown up, but yeah. And so that way the same, you know, you don't have to do everything from start to finish from prep to dishes. Yeah. That, yeah. Then I get that. Um, I make a mess in the kitchen though, too. So I don't, same. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. I have to clean up after myself because I make a big mess. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I had an ex like that and because he cooked, I was the one to clean and I'm like, but can you not cook so messily? Like we've got, I guess this is why he's an ex. It didn't work out, but it's like, we've got flower hands all over the cupboard. How did that happen? Like, yeah. Is that you? <laughs> That's, me. So that's why you clean up after yes. yourself well and I think like I use every dish in the kitchen yes. at some point no matter what meal it is and my boyfriend comes in and he's like what how did you dishes four times and the meal's not even done yet I'm like yeah I know don't worry about it yeah I am your boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny um you mentioned something though and I completely agree with you regarding like it can become enjoyable and it and it's the way you choose to reframe things and I'm like I'm big on date nights being a three-course meal at home you're like drinking wine together and cooking together like one person's prepping one person's cooking like I totally agree with you but I also like think this translates to exercise and I think that a lot of people think that they should be doing exercise in a certain way because of what they've seen or what they've taught and they they kind of resent exercise they like don't want to go in the morning or in the afternoon and that kind of creates this sort of burnout culture I'm really curious, like, how do you help people lose weight the fun way? Oh, man, this is my jam right here. We're getting into it. So <laughs> I just for the record, I have not had a gym membership in over a decade. Wow. So and this is coming from someone who used to work. I mean, like 12, 14 hour days in a weight room. I love the gym. I love a weight room. But you don't need a workout to look a certain way in order to count. So that's my motto in my business is if you're moving, it counts. And I use exercise, movement, 
like I, I use them all workouts. I use those terms interchangeably because I want to keep reinforcing the idea that it doesn't have to be a dedicated 45 minutes at the gym. You don't have to drive to the gym. Like you can just get walking. You can be dancing in the kitchen. You can just do body weight exercises. Most of the workouts for my membership don't require any equipment whatsoever. Um, it's just, I think the way that we've been sold workouts is a, a total fallacy basically. And I love a good workout. So I'm not, you know, talking trash on it, but just, we have this idea of what it's supposed to be. And it doesn't have to be that at all. Like I have clients, I had one member who posted, it was 4.30 in the afternoon and she had just done her workout in her pajamas before she had to go pick up her kids. And I was like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like you mm -hmm. don't need the cutest workout clothes. You don't have to drive to the gym. You don't have to shower when you're done. Like there's just, there's so much that we've been told that is just not true for what a workout should look like. Mm, and I love you mentioned that because it's about continuous movement throughout the day. Like you don't have to sweat. Like I know feeling sweaty after a workout feels amazing. That's why I love hot yoga. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, like I really sweat and got <laughs> it all out, but it's, it's figuring out what works within your lifestyle and what you enjoy, you know, being a strength and conditioning coach, when you started out your career versus like doing more of the fitness coaching now, do you always recommend that people do, um, do resistance workouts in the home, like whether it be squats or is dancing in the kitchen. Okay. So I, I think it depends. I would love everyone to do a very well-rounded fitness, you know, regimen that includes resistance training and cardio and all this, but I just know it's not realistic. And I also, I want to make it very clear that I'm differentiating between training for something like training for a specific goal. Obviously, if you want to be able to squat 200 pounds, yeah, you have to lift weights. Like you have to mm. be on a specific training plan to get you to that point. If you want to train to be healthy in life and show up with the confidence and energy and be able to keep up with your kids and, you know, play with them and do all that stuff, that is a very different thing than training for a specific fitness or resistance training type goal. And so mm. in my opinion, in order to just show up fully and with energy for the life that you want to live, I don't think you have to even work out by, by our traditional definitions. I think mm -hmm. if you're active, if you, yeah, dance in your kitchen, if you are playing outside with your kids while they ride the bike, you know, like how parents like run after them the first few times that they're trying, like just little stuff like that. But if you do it consistently throughout your day, you're, you're prepared for life. Like your life is preparing you to live an active and full life because that is life. Most of us, we sit down in an office job we hardly get up. Like we might walk 10 yards to the printer and back. Mm. It's not an active life. And so we need some other form of movement, which is typically why most people think of the gym. They have to like build activity back into their days. But if your days already center around moving more and getting outside and being active and doing those things, you don't have to have structured workout programs in your day to be healthy. I just, I don't think that's, a mandatory thing. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with you as well. It's interesting how like body builder culture has made its way into the general population. Yes. Obviously, ideally, you're continuously getting stronger, you're continuously lifting heavier. But if you think about the functional movements we do throughout the day, you don't need to deadlift 100 kilograms ever. 
maybe being able to deadlift 30 kilograms to pick up your sofa when you're moving, but someone Mm -hmm. else is taking the other half. So if you think about like what you want to be able to do when you're 80, like we don't have to overcomplicate it. And it goes back to that all or nothing mentality of like, oh, if I'm not going to the gym for an hour, I may as well not do anything. Right. And that's just so bananas to think if you can't do something like I'm doing right now in my free Facebook group, I'm doing a 10 minute bums and tums challenge. By the end of those 10 minutes, I am out of breath. I am sweating profusely and my muscles are on fire. And that's just 10 minutes. And people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much this is burning right now. I'm like, yeah, you don't need an hour. Like if I tried to do that for an hour, I would be toast for at least two days. Yes, <laughs> be so definitely. hard. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. How do you figure out? So I know that you do, well, by the looks of your Instagram, a bit of running. So Mm -hmm. how do you figure out like what you enjoy? Like some people love running, some people hate it. Yeah, it took me a while actually to enjoy running, uh, growing up in sports and stuff. That was my least favorite thing to do. I hated the conditioning part. I was like, just let me play and then I'll get in shape as I'm playing. I hated, Mm. hated, hated running. But I actually started where I live now. We have, it's like a mile, about a mile loop around our neighborhood. I couldn't even run it when I first tried. I had to, I, I ran probably half of it. And then mm-hmm. I had to like run slash walk the rest of the way back because I was so out of shape and it was terrible. But I just, I kind of just kept at it. And I was like, I want to be able to run at least like a mile or two. I feel like that just seems like a good indicator of living healthy, which mm. but I don't even know where that came from. But that's just what I wanted to be able to do. And then over time, I realized it was really enjoyable because I would put on a good podcast or music and it was outside, which I love being outside. And I just grew to like it more and more. And as obviously, as it gets easier, it becomes more enjoyable. So the only way to make running easier was to get more in shape by running more. So um, I think just experimenting is how you figure it out. So but but give yourself enough time to get over the initial suck part. Yes. <laughs> and I say that because anytime you start new workout stuff, you might be a little sore. It might be you might be a little tired the next day and not really want to go back yet. But give yourself, you know, like a maybe a two week period to get over that initial suck part. And then you will see, like, do I actually enjoy this activity? Is it something I want to keep coming back to? Um, but I think a lot of us, if, you know, we're super sweaty or we can't do stuff the first time, we just initially write it off and are like, I'm not good at that. I don't want to do that anymore. And we don't actually discover if we enjoy the feeling that that activity gives us. Totally. I find it interesting as adults, we don't allow ourselves the space to be bad at something. You have to be bad at something before you get good at something. And I strongly believe if a child starts learning a language above seven years old, so once their subconscious is developed, mm-hmm. it is no easier to learn that language than when you're an adult. The yeah. difference is, is that children aren't afraid to be shit. They'll like yes. say something being crap at it. Whereas an adult, we won't give ourselves the grace to not be able to have a conversation in that other language with another person because we're so worried about what other people think. Yes. Oh my gosh. I use children as an example for so many of my clients, because I mean, and as I'm sure, you know, the mental aspect of how we treat ourselves and talk to ourselves is so huge when it comes to being healthy and Mm. not getting burnt out and not, not overdoing it in that regard. And we, it's almost like we beat ourselves up. We mentally berate ourselves for not doing something the way we think it should be done or the way that other people have told us it should be done. I'm like, 
what would your what would your daughter say to herself like or what would you say to your daughter daughter, yeah if you heard her talking to herself like that and it's just like oh my gosh i would never want my daughter to say those things to herself i'm like but you just you say those to yourself all the time like and they're just like wow I never, I don't, I didn't know I did that. I don't, I shouldn't do that. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, it's, it's such a weird thing. The things that we let ourselves get away with negative stuff that we let ourselves get away with that we would never want for our kids or our friends or our family. But yet we, for some reason, think it's okay to say or do to ourselves. Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high-energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals, and sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal-getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full-spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are... All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. It's insane. And the thing is, is that our children learn how to speak to themselves based on how we speak to ourselves. And I had a previous podcast guest and she was explaining that she had an almond mum, which I never heard of. Luckily for me, I had a mum that spoke very positively about my body and she mm-hmm. was always trying to gain weight because she was actually, you know, always underweight. So I had a great experience growing up when it came to body positivity. Lucky me. But these mums that would like count out almonds that they're allowed to eat and stuff like that and whether parents are aware of it or not like I know every parent is doing the best that they can with what they have that that's going to pass on to their children that that sort of like um self-berating and and self-criticism yeah yeah and I've I can't tell you how many women that I see I mean you know all over social media but even just like my own personal friends and I'll see in pictures that they post on Facebook there are there's always a kid like halfway in front of them or you know they never are just showing up fully of like here's me here I am there's always something like 
holding them back. There's, you know, like a little bit of hesitation covering up their body somehow. And Mm. it's just like, but if you just, just be present, just show, stop thinking about what everyone else is thinking. Cause everyone else is just thinking about themselves too. It's like, yeah, that's, if we can go into life feeling that, I think the world would just be such a better place. And I personally, I think starting with fitness can really get people there. It's like the gateway into all the other healthy stuff, because once you Mm. feel the effects of working out, once you appreciate how strong your body actually is, what your body can actually do for you is like, why have I been hiding this? It's amazing. Like our bodies are freaking cool. And I just think, man, if more of us thought that, it would fix so many of these like diet culture and body positive, like all that stuff. I I just, I wish that I could just like flip a switch and women would just appreciate everything that their bodies can do for them. Yes, I agree. And especially with the right coaches as well. I definitely think you can go down a rabbit hole of fitness that ends up being unhealthy and you end up being so obsessed with the way you look to the point maybe, um, And I think what a lot of people don't realize is if you don't heal that body positivity or you don't heal the self-image, once you lose all the weight, it won't be enough. Like you'll be reaching for something else, whether it's like, I don't know, there's nothing bad with these things I'm about to list, but whether it be like lashes, filler, Botox, fake tan, you know, you'll, you'll be reaching for something else aesthetic once you lose the weight. So it's so important to allow fitness to be that gateway to wanting to fuel your body in the best way possible and to wanting to be positive about yourself and actually love yourself before you lose the weight. At some point, you've got to love yourself because I'm sorry, losing 25 pounds isn't going to fix the way you feel about yourself. A hundred percent. It's like when, when people say, you know, that when people get rich, it doesn't change who you are. It only kind of magnifies the existing traits. It's very similar in terms of if you have weight to lose, or you think you have weight to lose. If there's a reason that you don't love your body, that reason you're going to find ways to justify it, no matter what size you're at, no matter how tan you are, how beautiful your makeup is, or you have the best blowout, you're always going to find something if you can't find a way to just be happy with who you are. And I know that sounds really cliche, but it's not saying like, yes, everything about me is perfect. It's saying, no, it's not, but that's okay. I love me anyways. So it's just, yeah, I I think if women, we could do such ourselves, our families, our kids, like the whole next generation, such a service. If we are able, if we're even open to that idea, rather than constantly jumping to there's something wrong with me thinking Mm -hmm. there might be stuff that could be better, but I'm cool with me. Like, this is good. We're I'm chilling We're this is good, you know? So yeah. And self-love doesn't happen overnight as well. I think like we, we don't look at self-love and affirmations and mental fitness in the same way we look at physical fitness. We know we can't bench a hundred kilograms straight away, but when it comes to like the mental stuff, it's like you start working on self-love and it's like, why don't I love myself yet? It's like, well, you can't bench a hundred kilos <laughs> mentally straight away either. Like give yourself time. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. I think, man, you hit the nail on the head there. That's such a beautiful comparison. I'm, I'm going to use that. So yeah, go ahead, yeah. please. <laughs> but it is, I mean, it is, it's, it's the same thing. Like you were talking about with kids and learning languages. Like we start and we're like, okay, affirmations check. Like we, you know, check the box in our planner of like, did them today, tomorrow you wake up and you just, you, 
you don't feel it. And you're like, what the heck? I've been doing my affirmations. It's like, yeah, you have to give yourself time to be shit for a little bit. Like yes. you're going <laughs> to keep practicing. It's a skill to learn to love yourself and to change your thought patterns and things like that. Just like it is a skill to learn a language. You have to just know that you're not going to be good at it at first. And that's okay. Cause totally. you can't get good at stuff if you don't practice. Yeah, no, I'm totally aligned. We've chat a chatted about a lot, Coach Mac. We've spoken about <laughs> mental fitness, physical fitness, nutrition, habit building, habit stacking. You know, before I move to the final question on the podcast, is there anything that you feel that you wanted to share today that we haven't quite touched on yet? I don't think so. I think just reinforcing the idea of just get started with something, you know, get started mm. with some type of movement and build on it from there. And once you feel all the good stuff that comes with that, you're not going to want to stop. I know, again, I know as a, a workout fanatic, that sounds cliche of like, yeah, it's easy for you. But no, really, once you feel it and how good it can feel to take care of yourself, you're not going to want to stop. So just yeah. start somewhere, start small, but just get started. I love that. And you kind of get obsessed, well, not obsessed, but you naturally bring it into your home. Like you'll start like just doing little squats or like the deadlift hinge mo motion. It sounds really weird, but you just start doing it in your home and like yep. get used to it or start stretching while watching Netflix and stuff. You just, it like all of these little things, they just naturally flow. So let's stop overthinking it and just start with one thing. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Let's do that. <laughs> Great. We do have a final question on that the podcast. And that question is your 70 year old self with fast forwarding a few decades here, what like one sentence of advice or what words do you think she would share with you right now? You're doing such a good job. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I mean, I honestly, I think I, and maybe I don't tell myself that enough, but I, I was going to ask you, do you tell yourself that enough? <laughs> probably not, but I guarantee you when I'm 70, 80, 90, I will look back and be like, man, I crushed it. I like yes. that's I really I think that's the type of life that I'm working towards every day that I will look back and be able to be like, yep, I did exactly what I wanted to do and I crushed it. I love that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I don't don't think we give ourselves the gratification that we like because whenever we look back even just 3 years, it's like, oh wow, I've achieved so much. Yet in the moment we're always wanting more and more and more. It's kind of like the yes. analogy you use. Like if you're a millionaire, you want 10 million. If you're a 10 millionaire, you a multi-millionaire, you want a billion. You're like, it's yep. like, it's never enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. No, that's, man, what a great question to end on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I recently changed it. It used to be like giving your younger self advice, but mm -hmm. you know, I do think when you ask like your older self, you kind of tell yourself what you need to hear the most right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I had a guess like, flip the question onto me and I'm like, geez, like, that's a good question. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's a fantastic question. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> awesome. I'm sure so many people have just, well, I, I have fallen in love with your energy. I'm sure a lot of other people have fallen in love with your energy, want to get to know more about what you do, Coach Max. So where can we all get in touch with you and learn more about your services? Yeah, my website is runningwithbacon.com. And that is the name of my company. It's called Running With Bacon Health Coaching Company. So that's where I'm at on social and on YouTube and all the things. So you can find me there. Hit me up. I mess it. I'm, I'm all over social. So I love the social part of social media. I love that. Running With Bacon. What a great business name. Thank you. <laughs> 
Amazing. Thank you so much, Coach Mac, for joining us. Joining us. I've really enjoyed this conversation today. Same. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. And for everyone listening, whether you are running while listening to a podcast like Coach Mac might be, or whether you are vacuuming the house, whatever you're up to while listening to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining.